When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Spectrum Internet has enough speed to handle all your needs, so you can work, game, and stream with speeds up to a gig. Plus, Spectrum's advanced Wi-Fi provides enhanced security for all your connected devices. Get Spectrum Internet with fast and reliable speeds, starting at just $29.99 a month with a two-year price guarantee. Visit spectrum.com slash internet for you for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Restrictions apply. Welcome, guys, to a, another new episode of Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am a therapist that lives and works in Nashville, Tennessee. If you are new, hi, nice to meet you. A little disclaimer, of course, before we get going, this podcast is not therapy. It's just a way to help get people thinking and engaging in some self-reflection that may turn into someone going and getting therapy for themselves. So you're getting another solo episode from just me today. So we're going to jump right into it. I've been itching to do an episode on codependency for a while because it's something that I think so many people may be experiencing without knowing. And I know for me, I actually did not know what codependency was until I was working in a treatment center as an intern in the middle of my second year of graduate school. So where I think a lot more people know what it is now, I also want everybody out there to know that if you're like, what is codependency? Am I the only one that doesn't know this? I think it's pretty normal not to know what it is, but we're going to learn together. Just to start off, we're going to talk about what actually it is, and then we'll go into all the other stuff. I did a couple polls on Instagram last week, one being, what do you want to know? Which I got some great questions, and we're actually going to pretty much answer all of them. And then also, I asked people what you actually thought it was, and I want to read some of the answers. You guys killed it. Like, my favorite one, I will say, you know who you are, who sent this in. They said, when I can't leave my house because my dog can't come with me which like, honestly, you're not wrong. Like that's literally is what could have been to see. That's a form of it. Okay, so here are some of the things that you guys said you thought the codependency was. The degree to which people's lives overlap, a healthy or unhealthy amount, relying on someone else to fill your bucket, a lack of boundaries and being comfortable with lowered standards, trying to control others because their happiness and well-being are key to my peace, being obsessed with another person's actions and how those actions affect my emotions, looking to others to determine how I feel and adjusting accordingly, two people who can't function independently, your emotions and experiences determine my emotions and experiences, an unhealthy dependence on another person, boarding an obsession, 
resentment for not receiving help and love the way you feel like you give it. I'm not okay unless you're okay. Difficulty making decisions for yourself without the input of another. Lack of boundaries, people-pleasing behavior, hyper sense of control, micromanaging. When your mood is reliant or dependent on someone else's, if they're not okay, I'm not okay, I'm only happy if they're happy. An unhealthy reliance emotionally on a person mixed with a lack of sense of self. So like, so great, guys. Like these answers were awesome. And I did this, like I asked you, because I wanted to see what kind of stuff was out there. Because codependency is kind of slash really complex. And at times I think it gets bent or watered down because of the power of the internet. And I think that there's just way more information out there and ways to get information. Like when I got an Instagram when I was in grad school, I think that people were still just like posting like food pics with like the natural filter put over top of it. Like if that's what it was, (laughs) nobody was putting all this really awesome information out there that was so easy to find. And now it's like you see an Instagram post or read an article that is linked on somebody Instagram and you think you figure it out but like did we figure it out now the good news is a lot of y'all obviously gave me amazing correct answers but it's not the whole story and (laughs) this kind of reminded me of taking tests when you had to like check all that apply and you're like oh they all apply and then you question yourself because you're like is that a trick question because like can they all apply like one can apply like that would be too easy I don't know that maybe that's just me but actually now that I'm thinking about it the questions on tests that really got me were the choose the best answer like when they all were right answers but you had to choose the best one I don't know if that was not just me I know some of you are feeling that in your heart like that gives me some flashbacks anyway that's not important (laughs) Um, So we're going to start with the basics and get a really good idea of what codependency is and where it actually came from. Like, where did this word come from? And actually, it started being developed and talked about in treatment centers around partners or those who are in relationships with addicts or alcoholics. People in the field were starting to see that just like alcoholics develop their maladaptive coping mechanisms to deal with life circumstances, so do their partners. And at first they would call these people different names. One of them was para-alcoholics and then they actually developed the term codependent. Now, as time went by, they saw that these traits or what some would call character defects apply to more than just the spouse or parent of an alcoholic or somebody who struggles with addiction. Codependency has a fuzzy definition and it's difficult definition because you can't fully define it in one sentence really. Now, we need to be able to define it because To find a solution to a problem, we need to be able to define the problem. And so I'll say this multiple times, but there are two really good books that I really, really suggest you guys looking into. One of them is called Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. It's really awesome. She is somebody who she doesn't consider herself an expert, but she writes a book um, after going through her own experiences of codependency and finding health out of it and then another one is called facing codependence by pia melody she is an expert (laughs) i think both of them are experts but anyway so melody Beattie actually came up with this definition that i really like and again i cannot recommend her book enough and she defines as a codependent person as someone who lets another person's behavior affect him or her and is obsessed with controlling that person's behavior So I'll read that again because I think it's important. But she says, a codependent person is someone who lets another person's behavior affect him or her and is obsessed with controlling that person's behavior. That is probably the best short and simple way to describe what this is. And now we're going to go into the long and not so simple way to describe it. 
Codependency is a pattern of behavior in which you find yourself dependent on approval from someone else for your self-worth and your identity. Codependency refers to a pattern of prioritizing needs of relationship partners or family members over your personal needs and your personal desires. Now, it might not be your intention to actually control the people in your life, but often subconsciously this starts to happen over time because one, your partner may come to depend on your help and do less for themselves. And two, you end up attempting to get your needs met, the need of being loved and desired by making sure other people's needs are met. Now, in turn you might end up feeling a sense of fulfillment or purpose from these sacrifices that you make for your partner, or you might start to feel resentment when people don't act the way you want them to, or you don't get reciprocal admiration back. Now, some professionals say that codependency is a normal reaction to abnormal people, and then some say it's actually a disease, much like alcoholism and addiction, and suggest that codependents want and need sick people around them to be happy in a very unhealthy way. I think that it's a combination of the two, which it's like, this is a whole gray area kind of thing, which I think a lot of people struggle with. But with that, I want to say a couple things before we really get into more of this. All of us have a smidge of codependency because our bodies are wired for connection to other people. Some of us just kind of let it take over our life. But Everybody has a degree of codependency because we are literally wired to be in connection and relationship with people. That's just how we're created. Now, two, codependents are really, really good people. I want you to hear this because I think we can be really hard on those who are codependent, but the truth is they're really actually hard enough on themselves. We just don't always know that. And they honestly want to help people. They're by nature, very benevolent people. It's a natural thing to want to help the people we care about. They just take it to the extreme. This becomes a problem because codependents are reactive versus active. They are either under or overreactive to others, and then they don't end up acting in their own life. And they can create a pervasive pattern of habitual behaviors that are self-destructive and also enable the people around us. That's the other thing is that we think we're helping or a codependent thinks that they're helping, but really they end up enabling and making a lot of people's unhealthy behaviors and patterns that they're trying to fix even worse. So I do want you to hear that like codependent people are good people. Now, some of them need some tough love because this is a hard thing to get out of. But if you're listening to this and you identify it to be like, oh, like I'm this horrible person. Like, no, you do this because you have a good heart and you want to be loved. That's what it comes down to. I want to explain what this enabling situation can look like. And I always end up thinking about a mom and a son for some reason. I think maybe it's because... I worked in treatment with men in the beginning of my career, but I think that a really great example of of a codependent relationship and one that we can all kind of imagine in our head is like a true mama's boy situation. So I've had multiple experiences of real stories, whether they're in my personal life or just seeing clients and people in treatment who the addict, let's say the addict is a male, young male, and his parents kept them so comfortable in their addiction because the parents didn't want their child to suffer. When in reality, let's say it's the mom, 
her save the day behavior hurt the kid more than anything. And the best thing that happens a lot of times for some of these people who are struggling with addiction, it sounds awful, but like the best thing that sometimes happens is being kicked out and cut off from their parents because in that they truly have to make a decision to change their behavior if they want something better. But if someone's always there to save them, then they have no reason to do so. And so the mom is trying to feel like she's a good mom by always going and saving and here's a hundred dollars for this. And like, Oh, like here's some grocery money or like, I'll help you pay your rent when like in reality one the kid's probably not using that money for groceries and rent and two like then the kid's learning or the child is learning like hey my mom's always going to be there to like bail me out so like this behavior is fine so the mom's taking care of her need of being one needed and two being a good mom by like if my kid's okay I'm okay but really her kid needs to struggle and she can be okay outside of that yes it's hard and so I say that and I almost feel like I water it down as I explain it but that's just a really good example of what codependency can look like in an enabling situation now what kind of relationships can become codependent (laughs) here is the scary truth while some people are set up to lean into these patterns from childhood experiences the real truth is anyone can become codependent and like i said we all kind of are to an extent now some research suggests that people who have parents who emotionally have abused them or neglected them in their their, like early childhood or teens are way more likely to enter codependent relationships and there's one common denominator in dysfunctional family systems that actually lead to codependency and that is this thing called silent rules And when I say that, I mean like these implicit family rules that nobody says, but we know that they're rules. And it's like not talking about feelings or not allowing vulnerability, not being allowed to struggle or for pain to be seen. Now, there also can be a pattern of choosing partners friends or romantic that mimic the behaviors you experience from caregivers growing up. For example, often we wonder in adulthood why we end up chasing after relationships with people who may be, for example, addicts, when we swore that we would never date someone like our dads if our dad was an addict. Well, here's a couple of things that explains that. One, we are attracted to what's familiar, right? Like we go with what we know. And two, humans do this thing, this weird thing, where they subconsciously play out hurtful relationships with other people and attempt to redo or fix the first relationship. So if I find a man who's an addict and if I get him to love me and stop using and change his behavior because he loves me so much and I'm so special, then I can prove to myself that I am worthy and the reason that my dad never got better wasn't because of me and the reason my dad did xyz growing up wasn't because of me and me not being good enough because i redid that relationship now let's talk about why we actually really really do this now like i said before codependent behaviors are typically rooted in childhood patterns you learn from your parents and repeat in relationships usually play out again and again until you put a stop to them they just will keep going again like i said like we go with what we know now it's hard to break a pattern before you notice it so i want y'all to offer a bit of grace if you're like oh like i've been doing this for so long give yourself some grace for not automatically stopping a behavior that you didn't know was there or unhealthy Because the other thing is like, we don't know something's bad or wrong. A lot of times, I don't even like using the word bad, but we don't really know something's unhealthy until like we are shown that, especially if we grow up in a system that is very unhealthy. We just think that's normal. 
Now, codependent people tend to rely on validation from others instead of self-validation. Their sense of worthiness and belonging is tied to thoughts, beliefs, and actions of other people. So codependency and low self-esteem are often linked like BFFs. If you link your self-worth to your ability to care for others, then developing a sense of self-worth that doesn't depend on your relationships with others is gonna be really challenging. So also I say this to kind of like get out of these unhealthy patterns, it's hard. Now these relationships are very much, I'm okay if you're okay, which a lot of y'all said in the Instagram little question I sent out. And here's the thing, the tendencies towards self-sacrifice might help you feel closer to your partner while things are going really well, the I'm okay if you're okay. The problem here is that when you aren't doing things for them, you might feel like aimless or like you don't have a purpose or if they don't actually do what you need them to do, then you feel really uncomfortable, have low self-esteem and your world is upside down. Hey guys, Kat here and I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you Unique Therapy after you check out. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Okay, so 
How do you spot and figure out if you actually are somebody who struggles with codependency? This is obviously one of the most important parts of this whole podcast because for anyone to find health and healing from this, you first got to, like I said, figure out if this is something that I'm struggling with, the awareness of it. The number one question I would ask if you are trying to decide if you are struggling with this would be, do you have a tendency to gravitate towards people who need a lot of help? Another question that I think is telling is, do you have a hard time asking your partners for help? You can give all the help there is out there, but for some reason you don't feel like it's okay for you to ask for your needs to be helped being met. A couple other things I want you to think about and and see if you feel is if you feel angry and unappreciated for a lot of your efforts, are you someone that would do something like have sex with your partners whenever they want, despite how you feel? Do you spend money and resources on things for other people that you really probably shouldn't do and then resent constantly giving to people? Do you feel guilty when you don't do what is asked of you or you don't meet the standards that others create? And do you prioritize your day based on your guilt? Do you think that doing things for others 24-7, regardless of how you feel, means you're a good partner? And do you feel responsible for people's feelings? Do you try to manage them and then get angry when you can't? Another key indicator of codependency is when your sense of purpose in life is wrapped around making extreme sacrifices to satisfy your partner's needs. Now, again, it doesn't just mean your romantic partner. These can be any relationships. These people are unable to find satisfaction in in their lives outside of a specific person. They recognize unhealthy behaviors in partners, but stay with them in spite of knowing that. And you give support to partners at the cost of your own mental, emotional, and physical health, like legitimately at the cost of your own health. If you're in a codependent relationship, you will a lot of times feel anxiety more consistently than any other emotion in the relationship. You'll also spend a great deal of time or energy. This is really important. And I think I've already said it like seven times, but you'll spend a lot of time and energy trying to change your partner or trying to comfort your partner. You are preoccupied with your partner's behavior and well-being and everything is really about them and fixing them. You worry more about the partner's behavior than they actually worry about it. And Again, your mood literally is dependent on how your partner feels or acts. When they're okay, I'm okay. When they're not okay, I'm not okay. And when they don't do what I need them to do to be okay, I'm really not okay. Now, in that, I want you to realize that while all this is going on and you're giving, 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 there's not so much a receiving end of that, right? So like you're not, like I said before, able to ask for help. So when you have needs, they feel like they're too much or you're not deserving of those needs being met. And you really, really lower your standards for people. And you really make excuses for people a lot. So what are the actual consequences of codependency? Because some of you are all like, well, at least I'm in this relationship. At least I have this person. And if I'm helping them, like, what's the big deal? Well, this affects you in a lot of ways. The tricky thing here is that at times our codependency tells us we have control and we are doing a good job because sometimes our attempts to conform and fix and change work. The problem is that this is a hamster wheel and when it doesn't work, you feel crazy and worthless and you have to continue to do this over and over and over. You are constantly worrying about other people's stuff because to feel good, I have to worry about other people's stuff. That just one sounds exhausting. Now, this also can lead to depression and severe anxiety and it helps, like I said in the beginning, it helps the people around us stay sick. Codependency can seem really harmless, but because of the habitual unhealthy patterns it creates, it actually can affect our mental health so, 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 so much. 
And truly, sometimes the work to alleviate someone's depression or anxiety is codependency work. And like, that's it. That's another reason why a lot of people who come to therapy end up talking about and working on things completely different than when they expected. And a lot of times this stuff can kind of sting. So I want to give a shout out to anyone who is very repulsed by the idea that they are codependent. I know it's painful to see these icky patterns in ourselves, but we have got to acknowledge them so we can change them and create better circumstances for our mental health. Because honestly, a lot of the stuff that I even see in my office is like our depression and anxiety is so rooted in like the world around us because we feel like the world around us needs to be okay for us to be okay. And that's codependency work. Now, again, a a consequence here is also a loss of sense of self, or maybe you never even get to develop a sense of self. You become what you are to other people. Your identity, your needs, your goals, those things are all very, very last on your list of priorities. You give help to other people to feel good, and then you get resentful when they don't act the way you need them to act, and then you don't feel good. But the reality is here, it's not the partner's fault. It's not the other person's fault. Their stuff is their stuff. This becomes your issue. And as adults, we are responsible for our own actions. So I think it's really important to also not just talk about what this is and and how it affects us, but how to get out of it. So recovery from codependency lies within ourselves, truly us. The first step, as always, is awareness and admitting that something is not working. So simply acknowledging these patterns is really the key to overcoming them. I know as a therapist, I cannot help anybody get out of unhealthy patterns unless they acknowledge that they are in unhealthy patterns. Now, I think a lot of people's minds go straight to, well, I guess I have to end this relationship. And actually, breaking up isn't necessarily the best or only solution. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it really is. I want you guys to pause before, because I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people don't want to work on their codependent behaviors, because I think that if I do that, I'll lose this relationship. Maybe that will happen, but also it doesn't always happen. Take a breather before you turn this podcast off and you're like, I'm not going to work on my codependency because I need to be with this person. That might not be the case. And I believe that because I think there's a lot of power in repairing relationships rather than abandoning and leaving. Although... I do also need you to hear and just like acknowledge that there are many circumstances with codependent relationships where you do end up needing to walk away because you learn that you don't have the power to quote unquote fix the other person's behavior that ultimately causes you pain. A great example of this is someone who's caught in a cycle of addiction, who's unwilling to get help. And so the less codependent you become, actually the less attracted to staying in that relationship you will be. I promise you that. I think it's hard to like really think about this healing process and what it's going to look like and and leaving or staying in a relationship because when you become more healthy, you're going to be attracted to different things. So if I create more of a sense of self and I become more of a healthy human who has like my own individualized needs and desires that I feel like are valuable, and worth being met, I will not still be drawn to relationships where I feel like I have to fight for that and fix other people to feel that. So a lot of us are scared, like, I don't want to lose my relationship, so I don't want to get help from this. But in reality, you probably won't feel that way if you get help from it, which might not sound great right now, but I promise if you do the work, it's going to feel different. Now, to repair a codependent relationship, it's important to set boundaries. And it's important to find happiness as an individual outside of that relationship. 
especially because these things can happen in any kind of relationship. I think a lot of times, and even through this podcast, it sounds like I'm just talking about romantic partners, but this can be any kind of relationship, a friend, a mom, a dad, a cousin, whatever, a boss. It's also imperative to learn what a healthy relationship looks like. Because for many people in these patterns, it comes from a modeling of unhealthiness that is deemed as normal. So like I said in the beginning, it comes from we do what we know, which is why if you're in it and you don't have much of a problem with it, at least in the beginning, it becomes like a what is what it is like codependency just is what relationships are, but that's not true. And so you got to learn how to figure out and see and spot what a healthy relationship is. Now, it's going to take more than a podcast to learn what a healthy relationship is. You're going to have to feel that. And in healthy relationships, your partner should care. I say that knowing that it's going to take you guys more than a podcast to learn what a healthy relationship is and what it feels like. But I will say in healthy relationships, your partner should care about your feelings and you should feel safe to communicate your emotions and needs. You should also feel able to voice an opinion that differs from theirs, and you should be able to say no to something that conflicts with your own needs. Healthy love involves a cycle of comfort and contentment. Like there is comfort and contentment, not always, but it's there. Toxic love involves a cycle of pain and despair. So that's what you're cycling around. Now, both can have contentment and despair in either one, but it doesn't revolve around it. I also think it's important to note for someone who is used to engaging in these relationship cycles, healthy relationships can often feel boring to them because the arousal template for relationships is much higher for someone who has experienced emotional or physical abuse which can lead to codependency. And so you end up kind of thriving on chaos at times. And for you, chaos feels normal. So what would be exciting in a healthy relationship would feel really mundane and icky and weird. I like to say if you're used to being in an unhealthy relationship and you find yourself in a boring relationship, that's probably a good sign. Once your arousal template for relationships settles back down, healthy relationships will be attractive to you. But I think a, a really good marker for people who are trying to find health in their relationships who are used to chaos and and ickiness in them and abuse and all of that stuff is if you're bored you're probably on the right track now boundaries we hear so much about these but many of us are still like what what's a boundary what do they look like how do i decide what they are like all of the questions and to be honest boundaries are pretty tough for everyone so it might take some practice before you can firmly and repeatedly honor your own boundaries. When it comes to codependent relationships, these are some tips that I have found that really help to start one, learn how to identify when you need a boundary and also identify what you need and how to communicate it. So one, listen with empathy, but then stop. This is so, 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 so hard. But honestly, unless you're involved with the problem, I urge you to not offer solutions to try to fix whatever the issue is for them. This can also help alleviate the enabling we do in these relationships, and it forces others to be responsible for themselves. So if you're somebody who always is there for other people generally and like you're the one you're the fixer practice what it feels like to just be present and like as therapists a lot of what we do is we don't fix people's problems we listen and that's why sometimes like I know for me I mean even now sometimes but in the beginning it was really hard to be a therapist because I wanted to help but sometimes helping really looked like me being like that's really tough oh my gosh and them saying so yeah it's really tough what do I do like 
how do I get out of this? And I say, hmm, how do you think you might get out of this? You know? And so it puts the responsibility back on that person. Now, another thing to help with boundaries is practice saying no kindly. Often we think that saying no sounds mean or like is mean, but I promise it's not. I mean, you have to be careful with how you say it, but this is a great way to show self-respect and you can try different things, but something like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not free at the moment. If somebody asks you to help with something or I'd rather not tonight, but maybe another time we can do something if somebody's asking from something of you and you really just don't want to do it. Practice saying no in a kind way. Also, you're going to have to figure out more about your needs. So question yourself before you do something. Ask yourself the following questions before you agree to do something. Why am I doing this? Do I want to do this or do I feel like I have to do this? Will I still have energy to meet my own needs and and get what I want to get out of this day or this week if I do this? And is this going to drain my resources? And resources can be time, money, energy, I mean, anything. You got to remind yourself that you can only control yourself and you have a responsibility to manage your own behavior and reactions. You are not responsible for anyone else's behaviors or actions. I wish, part of me does wish that this was not true, but no matter what we do, no matter what boundary we set, boundaries are not about changing people's behaviors. Boundaries are about respecting ourselves. Now, the bonus would be that somebody's behavior would change. That would be the bonus. That would be great. But we have to go into boundary setting thinking I'm I'm setting this for me and I'm responsible with holding this boundary for me. So the kind of boundaries we're really talking about right now are internal boundaries. So right now, I want you guys to think about what are the boundaries I need to set for myself, not what are the boundaries that I need to ask other people to engage in. That's a whole nother kind of boundary talk. And I think we've talked about that on the podcast before. But today, I'm really, when it comes to codependency, I'm really asking you to think about what are the internal boundaries I need to set for myself that help me meet my needs myself. And what you are doing by setting boundaries in these relationships is you're giving up the idea of having control. But here's the thing. In reality, even when we think we have it, we never really fully have control of other people's behavior. We just don't. There's no way to do that. Like I said, I wish we could. Giving up control involves accepting uncertainty. And that is a really hard, scary thing, especially if the fear of being alone or losing your relationship contributes to your codependent behaviors. And at the same time, it's kind of what we need to do here because, and hear me when I say this, the healthier your relationship is, the more likely it is to last. Repeat that part, like rewind it and repeat it like 400 times. The healthier your relationship is, the more likely it is to last. The more codependent your relationship is, the more pattern of unhappiness you'll have and the less likely it is to really be successful long-term. Now, the most important part in all of this is definitely to identify your own needs and to do things for yourself. And this is harder than it sounds and it's something that therapy can actually really help with. And if you're finding yourself at the moment being like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to set these boundaries. I don't know how to answer these questions. This is so much. I really wanna encourage you to reach out to a therapist. And I've been getting a lot of questions on Instagram and even through email about if I can help people find a therapist or I can be their therapist. And while I love to help people get help, that's the point of this podcast, I'm really not the best person to ask to help you find a therapist in your area because I really only know and have experience with therapists in my area. And 
I put a post on the at you need therapy podcast page that gives tips on how to find a therapist. And I've did, done a couch talks about it too. So I'm going to put that um, how to find a therapist in the highlights on my Instagram page. So you guys can go and see it. And it just gives step by step tips on how to find somebody. And so if you are somebody that is listening to this today and really is gravitating towards it, one, I really, really want to encourage you to find a therapist because codependency work is really, really challenging. And I say that with like a heavy heart, like this is hard stuff. And so sometimes we really just need somebody along the way with us to help us move through this. So I encourage you to find a therapist. And then also those two books that I mentioned, Codependent No More and Facing Codependency. They're by far the number one recs I would give to y'all. I know we went into detail of codependency, but still like 40 minutes of talking about codependency doesn't even do it justice. (laughs) So I feel like there's so much more I wanted to say and so much more I want to say, and maybe we'll go into more detail at some point, but I hope this was helpful. And I hope that this created some light bulb moments for y'all. If you have any questions, feel free to send them in and maybe I can go into more detail on a couch talks on on some of the things you're wondering about this stuff. A lot of times I say that discomfort that learning things brings us actually is a good thing because that leads us to actually finding like true healing. So if you're feeling uncomfortable listening to this podcast, maybe that's a good thing. So I hope this was helpful. And thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in again, whatever day you're listening. I always want to say Monday, but I realize that not everybody listens to this on Mondays. So anyway, happy day, whatever it is today. If you want to follow me and be more connected to me on Instagram, you can at at cat.defada. If you have questions you want me to answer for Couch Talks, which is the Q&A episode that happens every Wednesday, you can email Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N at unitherapypodcast.com. And I will hopefully at some point get to all the questions you send in. But besides that, I hope you have the day you need to have and I will see you guys again on Wednesday. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.